One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. It's my screen time too. Hello and welcome to It's My Screen Time Too, the podcast where two moms review the best and worst in children's programming. From Netflix reboots and YouTube shorts to Disney classics and Pixar blockbusters. We watch, you listen, find out what you can tolerate watching for family movie night, what to avoid altogether, and what you'll want to watch alone voluntarily. I'm Katie. And I'm Deborah. And I have two kids, Jay, he's six, and Kenny, he's two. And I have three kids, Tony is 11, and Libby and Nate are eight. And they are so adorable, am I right? So adorable. Yes, we like to tell a quick story about how awesome or occasionally awful our kids are. Because in addition to being witty and incisive pop culture consumers, we're moms too. Would you like to go first with a cute story about your kids this week? I have a cute story about someone else's kids. Is that okay? I love it. Yes. All right. So my sister-in-law visited last weekend and they were just, they stayed with us for two nights and she has an upcoming fourth grader. And she is obsessed with Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, nice. I swear we had this movie pretty much on in the background for the entire time they were here. And she is also obsessed with that severe undercut that the evil princess has. Okay. You know how it's like totally shaved on the side, but she's got a deep side part and it's like swooped over. Mm -hmm. And she is lobbying hard for her mom to let her get that haircut. So it was just like every other sentence out of her mouth. And then out of her little sister's mouth was like, isn't her hair beautiful? Look how beautiful her hair is. Doesn't that look great? Like it was a full court press and it was really adorable. Oh, I hope she gets the haircut. I hope so too. Those look hard to maintain. Like you'd have to shave it or whatever pretty often. It didn't look shaggy. I would think so. But what I was talking with my sister-in-law about was with a side part that deep, what's the likelihood that you could just like kind of get away with parting it in the middle and shifting some of that hair back over and it would almost just totally cover up the shaved part, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in a pinch. If you need to go to like a funeral or something. <laughs> Is the concern that it's like, too edgy maybe okay so I took my kids to a bookstore this week because there was a like Barnes and Noble had like a if you read eight books and you write about them then you can get a free book and Tony did that so we picked out his free book and got like a whole bunch of other books and it was just like so delightful to bring them to a bookstore I haven't shopped in public with them in a really long time. So it was like super fun. Spent a bunch of money and they were just like so enthused to be in a bookstore and buying books that they can own. Like we go to the library all the time, but bookstore was felt very special. Do you have like a quality threshold before you'll let your kids buy the books? That's always my problem. Like at the library, it's like, check out whatever you want. But do you ever think, oh, you you know, you're only going to read this once and I don't necessarily want to pay for it? 
Um, they had like they had lists of books that they wanted that they couldn't get at the library because they were like the whole list is too long for them. Or there's like sequels of books that they have read and they want to keep reading the series. So they had like a pretty good list. It wasn't like just see what you can find because yeah, then they would pick out junk. Okay, my other question is this. Your kids are older, so I'm hoping for some light at the end of the tunnel, but Barnes & Noble in particular has a really extensive toy selection. At mm-hmm. this point, I feel like it takes up half the store. Are they mm-hmm. pretty good about like just being steered away from that towards the books? Um, You know, I noticed there were fewer toys this time. I think it's maybe around Christmas time that they have like tons of Lego sets. Like, I don't shop at bookstores that often because I'm a library head like you. Um, So I think my kids are pretty, they pretty much know, like, the deal is bookstores, you buy books, not toys. But that Harry Potter merch is pretty compelling. (laughs) She did spend some time, like, admiring the different options. Like, they had a sorting hat. (laughs) It must differ from Barnes and Noble to Barnes and Noble because I feel like ours has like a good four permanent aisles of just toys. Yeah, it's I'm sure it's based on whatever market they're in. Speaking of kids' toys, oh, that was excellent, excellent, good time to turn to our screen time in the news discussion. This week, we read a New York Times article titled It's Hollywood Barbie's Moment and She's Bringing Her Friends by Brooks Barnes. And it's all about how Mattel has this huge market share of toys, but they've never really broken into like a blockbuster um, movie franchise option for any of their products. There are a ton of Barbie movies but they're like straight to video, straight to streaming, like hour long movie things. There hasn't been like a theater version. So Mattel is seizing the moment and they have like 13 movies coming up based on toys, including like a horror movie about the magic eight ball, which sounds like something I'm not gonna see. Um, But the Barbie movie is directed by Greta Gerwig and written by Greta Gerwig and her husband, screenwriter, director, Noah Baumbach of Mumblecore fame. (laughs) I'm like so intrigued. I loved Little Women so much. I loved Lady Bird so much. I can't wait to see this. I know, so weird, right? I can't believe I'm actually kind of looking forward to the Barbie movie. And Margot Robbie is in it, which makes sense. She looks like a real-life Barbie, but she's also like a really good actress. Yeah. Um, Mattel, Universal, and Vin Diesel are collaborating on a live-action movie based on Rock'em Sock'em Robots. We have that toy. We got it at a garage sale a long time ago. And so that just makes me laugh. Um, um, I mean, 
I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it on this podcast before. I am a noted fan of the movie Real Steel, which is about robot boxing and stars Hugh Jackman and is pretty much already the only rock'em sock'em robot movie we need. Yes, but it's coming. You don't have to you don't have to see it. Um Lena Dunham is directing a Polly Pocket movie. I'm not that familiar with Polly Pocket toys. I liked girls. I know you hate everything that Lena Dunham is even tangentially related to. Um, American Girl movies. Why are they not a thing? Did you see the Kit Kittredge one that came out? I don't know, <laughs> 20 years ago or so. Yeah, didn't it have the, uh, is it Abby Breslin from yeah, Sunshine? Yeah. yeah, I don't think I saw it, but it looks like a good effort. Yeah, I'm a fan of the American Girl franchise, at least when they stick to the historical dolls. Like when we were growing up, they were the Pleasant Company and, um, you know, historical dolls were their bread and butter. And uh, if they can stick to that in the movies with Mattel, I'd be happy to see them. I could tell that the writer was had some preconceived ideas about Barbie. Because I think in the beginning it said something like, there's even chicken farmer Barbie. Which, like, no, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it would be that big of a stretch for them to have a, like, urban farm Barbie. Oh, I'm sure there's some sort of agricultural job, Barbie, but I don't think it's chicken farm. <laughs> Maybe it's Brooklyn backyard chickens. Yeah, that seems more up Barbie Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any more thoughts about this article? Okay, so when I first saw the headline, I really wanted to be angry about it because... It seems like such a cop-out to base an entire movie on something as flimsy as a toy. But then I did a little self-reflection. And, I mean, they've been doing it the other way around forever. Like, a solid argument could be made that Disney makes a lot of its cartoon movies specifically to sell us merch. Right. So why is the opposite necessarily an argument for why the movie would be bad I don't think that can hold water also and this segues nicely into my follow-up from last week I have such superhero fatigue like I am just so over being asked to care about the sprawling franchise in every aspect of my life like what my kids watch what movies I watch what tv I watch that I'm actually looking at a Barbie movie or a Rock'em Sock'em Robot movie as like, oh, original programming. I'm, <laughs> I'm here for that. <laughs> well, that's a funny way to think about it. But yeah, I, I get it. Speaks to my exhausted state. Fueled in part by the fact that I went to a movie theater, Deborah. How was it? Did you have the popcorn? I had the popcorn and it wasn't particularly good popcorn, which was really disappointing because we went to see the latest Black Widow, the latest Black Widow, the latest Marvel movie, Black Widow. And I just found it so dull. Like, oh, No. 
we should have seen F9. Like, if I wanted some, like, big screen spectacle, I've just been consuming too much superhero stuff to be excited by that, which just dulled the whole experience. It had been so long since I'd been to a movie theater. I should have been there for every fight scene. But I was so bored. (laughs) That's terrible. Do you think it was maybe your expectations exceeded the experience or was the movie just kind of bad? I'm sure it had to do with expectations because we used to go to the movies a lot. I'm a big fan of the communal theater going experience. It's something I hope we can maintain despite Mm -hmm. our current global pandemic. Um, But I think I had gotten used to watching a lot of these things at home and we had just come off the back of like one, two, three Marvel TV series that it feels like they've been going since since the pandemic began. So it's not like I had a hole in my consciousness that was shaped like a Marvel superhero. They never left. Right. So yeah, listeners, if you saw Black Widow or if you saw it with your family or your kids, let us know what you thought. I was on the whole underwhelmed. Any other follow up from last week? No, I just had an interloper enter my recording studio and get it iPad charger. Oh. I, I was like, puppy that. or child? I didn't even see. <laughs> Your children are ninjas. <laughs> Speaking of extended franchises, we're talking about a new Disney Plus show called Monsters at Work, which is a weekly release on Disney Plus that debuted on July 7th of this year, 2021. The episodes range from 25 to 30 minutes, and this is the third entry in the Monsters, Inc. franchise. It's a sequel to the 2001 movie Monsters, Inc. There was also a 2013 movie Monsters University that was a prequel to both of these things. So Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University are Pixar properties, but this television show, Monsters at Work, is actually produced by Disney Television Animation, not Pixar, and the animation is done by Icon Creative Studio in Canada. The show was developed by Bob Scanaway, a veteran of Disney TV products like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, The Emperor's New School, which was a series based on The Emperor's New Groove, Lilo and Stitch, the series, and Timon, Timon? Mm-hmm. Timon and Pumbaa, the series. So he knows a thing or two about continuing a movie franchise in TV form. Seems like a good pick for this. Let me just give you a really quick summary. It picks up right after the events of the original Monsters, Inc. film. So, I mean, spoilers for that film that was released 20 years ago. The town of Monstropolis has discovered that they can power their city with children's laughter instead of children's screams. So the factory at Monsters, Inc., that used to send scarers into children's bedrooms to harvest their fear energy, has to retrain its scarers to make children laugh. The transition to an alternative energy source is understandably bumpy. Our entry into the series is Tyler Tuskman, who is hired as a scarer straight out of Monsters University, but arrives for his first day on the job to find scarers are out. And since he hasn't spent his college years perfecting his stand-up routine, He has to start work with the factory's facilities team. We picked it because we've done a few movies in a row and we wanted to jump back to a series. 
I'm giving Pixar a lot of chances to win me back because, as you know, listeners, I was kind of disappointed in their last few super heavy movie efforts. (laughs) Uh, And I wanted to watch something that didn't make me sad. We're trying really hard to spread our love for various streaming services, but I think we're kind of in trouble now because Jungle Cruise comes out next week and I really want to review it. And that'll be on Disney Plus, too. (laughs) Yeah, I I would like to discuss that with you as well. (laughs) All right. Well, we will cross that bridge over the Jungle River when we come to it. For this episode, we watched the first three episodes since it's just a weekly release. So we watched season one, episode one, Welcome to Monsters Incorporated, episode two, Meet Miffed, and episode three, The Damaged Room. As usual, we'll quickly go through the episodes one by one and then move on to our more general thoughts. Deborah, would you like to summarize episode one for us? Sure. So in episode one... First of all, we see Sully and Mike promoted to run the company. And then we meet recent Monster University graduate, Tyler, who arrives at his new job, prepared to scare children, and then realizes that the company is transitioning from dirty scare energy to clean laugh energy. And he can't achieve his dream of scaring children. (laughs) the way he has been training to for his whole academic career. So what did you think about the pilot? (sighs) A workplace comedy for kids? I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, it's a little bit of a hard sell. And I know now that this wasn't actually Pixar, but it makes me want to shake my fist at Pixar and be like, just make something for children. (laughs) Right. I Maybe it's because Mindy Kaling plays one of the characters, one of the monsters that she went to college with Tyler. She didn't graduate. They both end up on like a janitorial crew together. And maybe her presence made me just think of the office a lot. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this doesn't feel relevant because kids don't have any context for like workplace situational humor and then like nobody's working in a regular way anymore like they would find a way for the monsters to like zoom in and make the kids laugh right yeah it seems like for making such a huge change they are not putting very much thought into how to make it scalable Mm -hmm. um so I think I was just skeptical from the beginning when I realized what I was watching and that kind of clouded my whole perception of the show. I think they try to find a balance because while the subject matter, an office workplace comedy for kids isn't a natural fit, they do a lot of like silly jokes, physical comedy, things that will just appeal to children on the face of it, maybe without them thinking that much about what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also just with the original movies, I had a problem with the concept of like monsters going into children's beds, bedrooms in the middle of the night, sneakily, like that's just such a creepy idea. And I know like the point of this was of the point of the original film was to like kind of turn it 
that like age old fear of something lurking under your bed. And I don't know, it just made me creeped out the whole. Yeah. Now I feel like it's almost worse because it's not the age old fear of a monster coming and scaring your kids under the bed. It's like some creepy, huge guy coming in and being like, aren't I your best friend? (laughs) Don't tell your parents. Yes. That's awful. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. There was definitely a creepy factor. And we'll get more into that. But let's just hurry up and summarize the rest of the episodes. As usual, when we watch something episodic, and I'm just really bad at distinguishing one episode from the next because usually I'm binging them to watch for the show. So forgive me if my summary is a little muddled. But in episode two, Meet Miffed, we meet all of Tyler's new co-workers at the facilities team and they try to initiate him into their janitorial brotherhood, which he is having none of. So that's where we, well, we met Mindy Kaling in the first episode, but we get to know her a little bit more. And uh, their boss is played by Henry Winkler. And then they have like a creepy multi-eyed winged co-worker who thinks Tyler is there to be groomed for the supervisor position and he wanted that position for himself so he's kind of Tyler's funny little nemesis there's this banana looking guy that just makes fart noises speaking of (laughs) ways that they try to make this appealing to children and then there is another short co-worker who really likes fire also a little bit problematic from a small children perspective (laughs) Did the second episode do anything to alleviate your concerns from the pilot? I thought that the characters were likable. And I liked the inventive, imaginative ways that monsters are embodied. That's true. You see a lot of diversity because no monster is the same as any other. Mm -hmm. I liked that. Tyler like Tyler was like so confident he's going into this new job he thinks he's just gonna kill it and he's like like a douchey frat bro who's like you know like thinks they're just gonna like make it in the world because they're like tall and relatively good looking and And blue (laughs) right and like I don't know it's kind of like somebody who was in that old boys network and it's enjoyable to see them get a little comeuppance when they like arrive at the real world and realize that they're gonna have to get along with all kinds of people and that the road to success is not just gonna be like easy street Mm -hmm. so that was a little bit satisfying I don't think that was supposed to be my takeaway from this episode I think we're having all sorts of reactions to this that Disney did not necessarily anticipate. So (laughs) I think all reactions are valid. (laughs) All right. So should we move on to the third episode, which I think is the first episode where we see them do any actual work. Am I right? Yes. So Tyler proves that he doesn't know his way around a toolbox. Um, So a monster goes into like a very adorable infant's room, tries to get her to laugh, ends up sneezing like radioactive 
goo onto the wall that like burns a chemical hole in the wall. So then the MIFT crew has to go in and sneakily repair the room in the middle of the night. Oh, and then Mike and Sully take the baby, dress it up as a monster. It was, there was a lot going on in this episode. Yeah, including some like Boston, New York baseball rivalry stuff that like, guys, these are children. (laughs) Plus, no one cares outside of New York and Boston. (laughs) uh, And then there was this awful thing. So they've stolen the baby away. The monsters are trying to fix the room in the middle of the night without waking up the parents. They accidentally wake up the parents and then they just wrap up a monster in a blanket in the crib. The parents come in. The monster talks to the parents as the baby. And instead of freaking the F out, the parents are like, our child's a genius. We will not investigate this further. And they just leave the room. Yeah. Do kids think this is funny? I watched it with my kids and... I mean, they laughed at all the obvious things that they were meant to laugh at, like the farting Mm -hmm. banana guy and um, some of the more obvious physical comedy. But Mm -hmm. you are so right in thinking that they would not connect to the premise. Did you watch it with your kids? I did not, just because they're super into Pokemon right now. So... We watched these, uh, like, they watched Pokemon while I watched this. (laughs) So is Jay, and I'm here for it, because I would rather Pokemon than Minecraft, to be honest. Yeah, Pokemon's actually, I think I know only, like, two Pokemons, but I think they're fun. Um, This is a nice segue into whether or not we liked the concept or plot, because I just asked you if you watched the series with your kids, but have your kids seen... either of the other Monsters, Inc. movies? I think so, but it's been a really long time. So they're not, like, high on their lists of favorites, because I would say the same about my kids. They didn't really connect. I mean, I barely have any memories of Monsters University, but they definitely didn't really connect with Monsters, Inc. either. Yeah, and maybe it's just, I mean, I I saw the movies, I think, when Tony was little, Mm -hmm. but when they came out, children's content was not on my radar yeah not at all that was way before I had parent aspirations (laughs) well again it was that early time in Pixar where if you were a self-important liberal arts major in college um you had to watch them to like marvel at the technological wizardry right it was before they started hammering home the really uh important in capital letters social emotional messages <laughs> right right so I wasn't necessarily sure that we needed more Monsters Inc but whatever it's fine it's there it's kind of nice to see a series about regular guys they're not really superheroes they're not royalty they're not characters with special powers beyond the fact that they're monsters so I mean it is pretty common to lament the lack of television that focuses on working class people. Mm-hmm. So there's that for a plus side, I guess. 
And this one is for you. You already mentioned it. I feel terrible for not remembering which podcast I was listening to that alerted me to the obvious fact that Monsters at Work is actually all about climate change. But based on your intro earlier, I know that you saw it, that that the monsters were in the process of transitioning from a dirty energy source to a clean energy source. So how did that hit for you? You know, it looks really good on paper. I feel like I mean, and maybe my expectations going into this were too high, like your movie theater experience. I just glanced through your doc before I started watching. So maybe I shouldn't do that. I usually don't. Sorry. Um, it, it is a good allegory. And there are, I don't know, change is hard. Everybody's having a hard time with it. And so it is good to see, but I don't know. I just couldn't get past the idea of monsters sneaking into kids' bedrooms at night and being like um, grooming the children for something that seemed like, like I'm your fun monster night friend. I don't know. It's just so creepy. It's it's really (laughs) creepy, guys. And I mean, it takes a lot for me not to love a Mindy Kaling product, I find her to be so charming. Mm-hmm. And her character is not involved in like grooming the children. So she gets a pass, but like, ugh, it's, it's icky. Mm-hmm. Well, what did you think about, what did you think about the climate change parallels? It felt a little bit like it was reaffirming the climate change hesitance argument that's like well what's gonna happen when the sun goes down or when the wind stops blowing you know like that whole scare tactic of like the power will just go out and we'll have to use candles again because (laughs) (laughs) that's sorry for the tone (laughs) but the power keeps going out in monstropolis throughout these three episodes so they obviously haven't done enough planning for this transition And I feel like that's often the argument that you hear in our society that like, oh, yes, well, alternative fuel is all well and good. But there's a lot of planning that we need to do before we can make that transition because issues. Mm -hmm. So that was a little disappointing. Maybe I just wanted some like institutional competence. Yeah, the thing that I didn't, that was just, I couldn't engage in the dis suspension of my disbelief was like how could Tyler go through his whole college career and not like did he not have internet or news to learn about what the trends in scaring kids at night were and the direction (laughs) that the energy industry had to take yeah and how did Monsters Inc. not get in touch with the faculty at Monsters University to alert them of this change like it seems like kind of a big deal right like surely engineering students in the real world are not like focusing on internal combustion engines at this point in time right right they can see which way the wind is blowing it's not quite that abrupt Mm mm-hmm But what if it stops, Katie? (laughs) 
You know, the more we talk about it, the less I like this show. As I was watching it, I was not actively <laughs> like, this is horrible. Because there were, like, enjoyable, funny moments. Like I said, Mindy Kaling, very charming. Henry Winkler, also very charming. I quite liked the... Uh, the guy in the office with the imagined rivalry with Tyler. I, I liked his vibe. He was funny. Mm-hmm. The characters in Mift itself are, I think, great. I yes. like that dynamic. It's the larger institution that I object to. Mm-hmm. We already mentioned some of the big names. They were able to get Billy Crystal and John Goodman back, for better or worse, to voice their original characters. And they also have Ben Feldman as Tyler, Mindy Kaling, Henry Winkler, Lucas Neff, and Alana Eubach as the rest of the crew of Mift. Was there anyone you particularly loved or hated? I thought they were all great. I was surprised that it was still Billy Crystal and John Goodman. And in fact, like the first episode, I thought to myself, wow, they found actors that sound just like Billy Crystal and John Goodman. <laughs> and then I looked up the IMDb. It's really them. Um, not to diminish voice work, but it's probably logistically uncomplicated to do a character that you did 20 years ago if it's voice work rather than showing up in person I was surprised at how present they were like they were it wasn't even just like cameos and maybe mm-hmm. that'll change as the series goes on and we will shift our focus away from the larger Monsters Incorporated and into this smaller MIFT unit which I would frankly be here for they did this weird thing at the end of I think the third episode yeah because they were putting the baby back in the crib And everyone was standing around being like, Mike, which is the Billy Crystal character, you have such a beautiful voice. Sing to the baby. And they like (laughs) stopped to do this whole musical number with the baby. And I'm sorry, but Billy Crystal does not have a wonderful voice. He's just Rex Harrisoning into the microphone. (laughs) Like, it's not real singing. Why did they stop for this? (laughs) I really liked the theme song. Mm -hmm. That was it's like an acapella like voice scatting so that was enjoyable um I agree with you that um Billy Crystal does not have a beautiful voice why just why do they need to fill time it's a streaming show they can just make it shorter right We kind of touched on it when we watched Mighty Ducks Game Changers, but it seems like Disney is really biting off on the weekly release schedule. Do you feel any differently about it now? I think that's good. That's how we watched. No, WandaVision came out that way too, right? Yeah, it seems like Disney Plus is biting off on this for all of their releases. They did it for all the Marvel shows. They seem to be doing it with their new kids content as well. Yeah, I like it. Um, I mean, it's it's silly. It's not a new concept. It's <laughs> the way it used to be done. Um, so it feels um, like the way it was when I was a kid where you had to wait for uh, TGIF. 
And you know, it's not part of my natural inclination to want to overly limit my children's screen time, but it does make for kind of an easier way to do that, to be like, oh, we can't just sit down and watch eight episodes of this. There's only one. And then we Mm -hmm. have to turn it off and move on to other things. Yeah, totally. So were you able to compare this to any movie or show for grownups? I mean, I already mentioned The Office. Like, any workplace, like, where there's just a bunch of people who have to get along and it's so hard to do. I thought of Office Space, too. Um, And just, like, dealing with an incompetent coworker. Mm -hmm. What did you compare it to? I mean, it's such a common genre for a reason, right? Like, every adult can relate to the situation on some level. I thought of the delightful comedy that only lasted, I think, two or three seasons called The IT Crowd. It's uh, starring a young Chris O'Dowd mm. and Richard Ayoade. Do you remember him from our Apple and Onion episode? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he has a really distinctive voice, and he also has a great hairstyle if you have never seen clips from this show. So that was the comparison I went to just because I remember really enjoying that workplace comedy, and it was kind of about, like, people that they shove in the basement, which I feel like is right about where Mythed is. Did you cast the gritty HBO reboot? Um, I mean, it's really hard to do better than Mindy Kaling, John Goodman, they're two of my favorite actors um I just don't want to see a gritty HBO reboot it would be like a horror movie all right so forgive me for trying to introduce some levity into this and you know please (laughs) I'm taking this way too seriously you know that my go-to for good voice work is to just be like, I want to see those performers as the actual actors in the show. I always go back to our recasting of DuckTales with everyone wearing like very cheap looking duck butts <laughs> as they are doing their gritty HBO reboot. So obviously I want this to be people dressed up in monster costumes, but like very janky monster costumes, like early Doctor Who style where you can kind of see the zippers. Like Mm -hmm. there is nothing serious about the way they're costumed, but then I want to use some extremely serious actors, like people who are known for taking their parts way too seriously. So... I thought about one of my other favorite movies about the workplace and union organizing. So obviously I want Christian Bale to play Tyler Tuskman (laughs) in a ridiculous monster suit, taking himself way too seriously. And I want Daniel Day-Lewis to play the Henry Winkler (laughs) role and just go full method with this ridiculous uh, prosthetic nose. Like he never takes it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I want to kind of go the other way with the nemesis character with all the eyes and the wings. And I want him to be played by an actor that just so gleefully takes on the most absurd assignments, Michael Sheen. Because I want to <laughs> feel like he is having fun and everyone else is just like buckling down and doing important work. And Michael Sheen is like, I'm just here with my little wings and my multi eyeballs. 
Nice. I have to look up who Michael Sheen is. What's he been in? <laughs> um, most recently, he's been in The Good Fight, if you watch that show. Oh, uh, okay. He was in the Twilight movies as one of the like old evil vampires. He was in that show Good Omens with... Um, David Tennant about like an angel and a demon. Uh, why am I spacing out on? Oh yeah, and he has kind of like an elfin. He does. He looks elfin a little bit. Oh, yeah. Masters of Sex. That's probably the one you've seen. He like the prestige dramas. I haven't seen any of these shows that you're mentioning. <laughs> I thought for sure I'd get you with the uh, <laughs> prestige projects, but check him out. He's always having fun, whatever he's doing, even if it's bonkers. So I would like to see that trio. I'm sorry I only cast the men. Yeah, Tilda Swinton might be good. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, she could play the Mindy Kaling character. Yeah. I like it. Serious. Thank but you. But serious. <laughs> good job. That was a good, gritty, gritty HBO reboot. Casting. So do you think it was better when we were kids? I don't know. That's a tough one. I didn't love this, but objectively I think it's a decent show maybe we didn't have anything that struck me as quite this creepy in this way but we had a lot of in hindsight creepy stuff true that's true (laughs) would you ever watch this alone voluntarily no would you I wouldn't either but at the same time you're so right in that I kind of feel like it's more for me than it is for my kids. They will certainly mm-hmm. never clamor to watch it. Um, I kind of want to watch the movies again to see. It's been so long. I want to see because I just think of them as like anodyne. But I want to s- watch them with my uh, 2021 eyes. Yeah, that's a good idea. You'll have to keep us posted on the rewatch. <laughs> So I don't know that we really need this, but 10 seconds on whether this is good for our kids. My kids are scared of monsters hiding in their closet. So no, I am not going to have them watch this. But maybe it would be good for them. Isn't that the idea that it's like it'll remove the scariness? Yeah, but it's also like there could be monsters. <laughs> You're right, but <laughs> don't tell your parents. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I'm not sure it's as actively bad for our children as we are maybe portraying it to be, but I will not rush to watch it again with my children. I don't think Mm -hmm. I've scarred them irrevocably by watching it with them, but it will not be a repeat view in our house for sure. Ratings? 2.5. Yeah, I think that's solid. That's right where I was going with it technologically it looks great it's nice to hear some of these voices I see what they're trying to do by trying to bring the workplace comedy to a younger audience but why (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode of it's my screen time too please rate and review us on apple podcasts or your pod podcast platform of choice check out our website at myscreentime2.com you can find us on all the socials like facebook instagram twitter and even gmail at myscreentime2 send us your show or movie suggestions article recommendations or general comments about the show our theme music was composed and performed by me and my adorable children 
and our podcast is produced by Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye! Wow, we hated that. I know, I didn't even know I hated it so much until I started really talking about it.